Well, good morning. How are we doing this morning? After an Aggie win like yesterday, I'd expect a little more energy in the room, all right? But hey, it is great to see you guys. I know some of you guys actually traveled back from Dallas yesterday, and so glad to have you guys back this morning. We're going to be in the book again of Song of Solomon, uh, chapter one, so you have your Bibles turned there. Uh, as you're turning there, let me just encourage you guys, if this is your first time ever to Grace College, we're ecstatic to have you guys visiting with us. Uh, if you've been coming for a little while, I want to go ahead and encourage you guys to begin to kind of narrow in on a table. In many ways, this is like Southwest Airlines. There's no assigned seats. Feel free to move around the cabin. But if you've been here for a little while, hey, we'd love to encourage you guys to begin to put some roots down at a table to really get to start to know a couple well over the course of the rest of the fall. And so uh, we're excited to have you guys here as we look at Song of Solomon chapter one. Last week, if you were with us, we looked at the theme of attraction. Uh, really what makes someone attractive. We really looked at that uh, in terms of the fact that our culture puts forward a certain definition of attraction. And so we said, looking in the Song of Solomon, really what is a biblical viewpoint on attraction? What really makes someone attractive? And so we really looked at that topic as it related to the market, as we went out looking at others that we would deem attractive, or as we looked in the mirror, whether we thought we were attractive. And really what we're going to do this morning is we're going to move from that topic of attraction into dating this morning, all right? And so if you are attracted to someone, what in the world do you do with that attraction? That's really what we're going to do this morning. What are some biblical principles uh, that are in play that allow you to move from attraction to dating? I thought for us to kind of kick that off before we really jump into Song of Solomon, I thought it'd be appropriate really to go to a timeless, iconic movie classic that really has defined dating for generations, right? Uh, In terms of romantic comedies, this is like the romantic comedy of all romantic comedies that has ended all other romantic comedies, all right? And you're going to see in just a few seconds that I'm being completely sarcastic, all right? But here's how we're going to start this morning. A little Madagascar 2. Look out. I think Motomoto likes you. Oh, yeah. All right, there are many things to take away from Madagascar 2. How to pick up a girl is not one of them, all right? We're going to start with a simple classic statement. If you call a girl hefty or huge, it's probably not going to go well for you, gentlemen, all right? Let's kind of get that out of the way. I also think it's a great reminder that really a lot of what we're going to see in Song of Solomon this morning uh, and really for the rest of the semester is not necessarily always prescriptive of here's what you ought to do. In chapter 1, verse 9, we mentioned this last week, but the man is going to refer to the woman as a horse again. Not a good idea for you gentlemen, all right? Uh, that really what we want to do this morning and really for the next few weeks is continue to, try out, to draw out some biblical principles on relationships, dating, marriage, and even eventually sex as we look at the book Song of Solomon, all right? Uh, and to that end, what we're going to do next week is look at this topic of dating from the aspect of the guy's perspective and the role the guys have in dating. But this week, what we're going to do is look at the topic of dating from the perspective of the girls. And so instead of me talking about the role of girls in dating and really at some point trying to be biblical, but also trying to not allow my issues of the past to seep in and become a gripe session, all right, which <laughs> that wouldn't be helpful, would it? Really, what I thought it would be way more helpful and way more fruitful for you guys is to get to hear from one of our uh, staff members, Sarah DeGroat. Sarah has been on staff for about five years now with us in some form or fashion. In terms of a woman of the Lord, she has a great passion for the Word of God, incredibly effective as a leader of women, and also a wonderful communicator of the Word and of the truth of the Word as well. And so I wanted you guys to have an opportunity, uh, if you will, an upgrade this morning to actually hear from Sarah DeGroat this morning. So why don't you guys welcome Sarah up as she speaks on this topic of dating for us this morning. Thank you, Trey. That was so sweet. Good morning. I am so excited to be here with y'all, and I would like to start with some prayer. So bow your heads with me. Lord, I thank you so much for this morning. 
I thank you that every person that's here is because you brought them. I thank you that I am standing here because you brought me here. I thank you that the words that I'm going to speak are not my own, but things that you've put on my heart. And so I just ask that you would be glorified in this time. Lord, would you please speak clearly through me? Would um, people walk away, would we walk away with a deeper understanding of how to honor one another well when we like and while we're dating? And Lord, I just, I tell you that I, I need you to speak through me and use me. And I thank you that you will. I thank you for this morning. Give me clarity. Give us wisdom, Father, and grow each of us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So like Trey was saying, this morning we are going to talk about liking and dating from the girl's perspective. And our culture presents some pretty large extremes of what dating and liking should look like from a girl's perspective. Um, One perspective that we get is Lady Gaga. Listen to this. Right. Chase you down until you love me. Papa paparazzi. That's what we're told by our culture is okay. I like this boy. Girl, you go get him. You want him? Get him. Make him yours. Chase him down until he loves you. Probably not the best idea. Okay, so we have this being presented to us as, hey, yeah, this is good and this is what you should do. And then we have a very other end of the spectrum conservative Christian culture, and this is what we're hearing from them, talking about singleness for women. This was from ChristianSingleWomen.com. <laughs> promise. I promise. <laughs> Our prayer should be focused on having a discerning spirit, ladies, so we can recognize our prince when he comes. More importantly, recognize the frogs when they arrive. Unfortunately, most of us encounter a few frogs before meeting our prince, so it's crucial to understand the difference. A few frogs before we meet our prince. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) That doesn't paint you in the best light. Okay, so we're standing here, and we've just heard Lady Gaga say, you better chase that boy down and you get him. And then ChristianSingleWomen.com is saying, no, You are a princess. You get in your high tower and you wait for that prince to scale the walls, storm the doors and woo you to himself. Don't you give him an inch, ladies. Don't you look at him. Don't you smile at him. So what do we do? As women, what do we do when we like a boy or when we start dating? And I hope, men, that y'all won't tune out because I know I'm speaking particularly to the ladies. But if you listen, you, you're about to get a sneak peek into the way we think and operate. So really, s- s- seize this time. This is valuable for you as well. 
(laughs) This is valuable for you as well. So in studying the Song of Solomon, we see these two people that like each other. They're attracted, like Trey was talking about. Man, they're interested in each other. And then they begin a relationship. And in the book, it's actually both people talking. We don't just see the man talking and dominating the conversation. We see both people moving toward one another. Both people engaging in the liking and the dating process. So as women, how do we do that well? I think we get a really good picture in the Song of Solomon. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. And in particular, this girl knows what she's looking for. She knows what she's looking for. And then when she has identified it, she moves towards it. So she knows what she's looking for, and she identifies it, and she moves towards him. Let's talk about what she's looking for. Last week, talked about, Trey talked about attraction and what should attract you in the opposite sex. And it wasn't just that they're really attractive and funny or super great body or these things that are fleeting, but it was, what was it? It was their name, their name, their reputation. Ladies, when you are interested in a guy, notice him across the room, in your class, wherever, first thing you want to be looking for is character. Character. Does this man love the Lord? Is he kind to people around him? How does he behave in a group setting? How does he talk to his mom, his roommates? You're looking for character. You're looking for a man that has prioritized the Lord above all else. And here's one way you can tell. If you have entered into a dating relationship with a guy, is his biggest priority protecting your relationship and your purity through physical boundaries? Or is he pushing you? A man that fears God is not going to push you. So you're looking for character. You're looking for a man who has a deep, rooted love for the Lord. And from that flows his behavior. And then you're looking for kindness. You're looking for a man that's kind. Proverbs 19 says, what is desirable in a man is kindness. It's kindness. Cashier at H-E-B. How does he talk to him? Roommates, ask around. Kind of liking a guy, kind of thinking, hmm. Ask his roommates. Hey, what's, what's it like living with this guy? Look for kindness. Look for character. Men that love the Lord. Okay, so that's what she does. She looks for kindness. She looks for character. She says in chapter two, she's talking about him. And she says that he brought me to the banqueting house in verse four. And his banner over me was love. He's kind to her. Guys, he opens the door for her. He takes her on a date and he pays for her. He listens to her when she's talking. He's kind. He has character and he's kind. So our our female in Song of Solomon She knows what she's looking for, character and kindness, and she sees those things, and then what does she do? I love this. I love this because she sees it and she moves towards it. So chapter 1, verse 7, she's talking, and she says, Tell me, you whom my soul loves, where do you pasture your flock? Where do you make it to lie down at noon? What's she doing? She's asking, hey, 
Where, where do you hang out? After class, where, where, where do you chill? Where do you study? What's she doing? She's intentionally putting herself in his spheres. Ladies, is that okay to do? Absolutely. My friends and I like to call this walking towards the music. You're walking towards the music. Is it okay to be intentional about being around some guy? You've, you've noticed, wow, he's really got a lot of character. He seems to love the Lord. He's very kind. I kind of want to be around him. I know his class gets out in the academic building at three. <laughs> Is it okay to be there at three? Absolutely. Absolutely. Crossing paths is good. Tackling is not okay. (laughs) Like Lady Gaga was talking about. Chase him down until he loves me. No, that's not what I'm saying. Be around. Show interest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, can you read minds? What? (laughs) You, you don't know when a, when a girl wants you to talk to her? You can't just see it? You can just tell? Seriously? Wow. I really, I mean, that's what we were all banking on. Because we go home and we talk about it. Oh my gosh, this boy on the bus. And he's so cute. And, da, 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 da. and, I, and I mean, he looked at me, so I think he's going to talk to me. I know, I'm sorry. I'm trying to help you out. Girls! You see a man that's kind, that has character, and you're thinking, yeah, I'd like to be around him more. Great. Help a brother out. Be around him. Be around him. I love that. Okay, and so she's communicating interest. She's like, hey, where's your flock? And y'all probably don't have flocks of sheep, but hey, where do you study? I want to be there. I want to hang out. And then what does she do? So they, they begin a relationship. They're getting to know each other. They're investing in one another's lives. And something that stood out to me so significantly, and I have seen this in relationships. Proverbs says the power of life and death are in the tongue. Life and death. And so what does she do with her tongue as they're in a relationship with each other? <laughs> Y'all, I thought about I was going to do something awkward like that, like make a joke that I didn't mean to make. And I did it. (laughs) Thanks for laughing. That helped me. Okay, chapter 2, it's on the screen, looking at verses 3 and 4. She's talking, as an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. With great delight, I sat in his shadow, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to his banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. What is she doing right now? She's speaking about him, isn't she? She's speaking about him, and what is she saying? She's praising his behavior. He's saying, hey, look what he did for me. He brought me to his banqueting house. She's talking about his character and his kindness. His banner over me was love. She is speaking well of him, life words about him to others. Ladies, when you are in a group 
And this does not just go for dating. It's, it's huge in dating. But when you're in a group, you speak well of the men in that group. And when you are dating and you're in a relationship with a man, you have the opportunity to bring life to him by speaking well of him in public to others. Even if he's standing right there. Y'all, guess what my boyfriend did last night? He took me on this date. And he was the coolest and he planned it out so well and I felt so valued. Guys, if a girl did that in a group, how would you feel? Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ladies, are you hearing that? You speak well of him. She speaks well of him in public. And then I want you to notice what else. 1, 16 through 17. Behold, you are beautiful, my beloved, truly delightful. Our couch is green. The beams of our house are cedar. Our rafters are pine. Who's she talking to now? She's talking to him. She's talking to him. And she's telling him, man, you're awesome. You are just awesome. And she says why she thinks that. It's not just, you're awesome, babe. No, because, why? The beams of our house are cedar, the rafters are pine. She is saying, you have created stability for us. There's stability with you. There's security in this this place, this relationship, this house that you have built for us. Again, she is praising character and qualities and kindness to him in private. Guys, how would that make you feel? Awesome, valued. Power of life and death are in the tongue. You have the power to encourage and bless the man that you like and date or just your brother and friend in Christ. And you have the power to destroy. And notice what she does all throughout the book, publicly and privately. She's speaking well to him. She's respecting him with her words. Y'all, that's so important. And that goes both ways, guys. Girls don't mind if you, if you say nice things about us. <laughs> but I really want you to catch that, ladies. I really want you to catch that. Don't rag on your man in front of other people. After a date, he takes you on a great date. Thank him for, part, for each part. Gosh, I loved the way you planned this. I loved the way you, you made this happen. Thank you. Thank you. So she's talked about how special this relationship is. There's no doubt she's wild about him and him, her. And they have a sweet relationship. And then catch this, y'all. The next thing that she does is she turns to her single friends And she says something very important. Chapter 2, verse 7. I adjure you, or promise me, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the does of the field, that you will not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. Promise me this, she's saying. She's just talked about this awesome, sweet relationship that she has with this man that she is wild about. And isn't it interesting that she goes from praising him to talking to her single friends and saying, hey, y'all, wait. Why did she do that? 
She's saying that because she has found something so sweet and so rich. She's just told us all about him, all that he does for her, how he treats her, how he's kind, his character, his name, that has a high reputation. And she's saying, wait, this is so worth it. This is so awesome. Wait, single girlfriends, for the best. You can flip the best. Wait, guys, for the best. I remember it's hard in college to be single. I was single all through college. I didn't date at all. But everybody else, it feels like everybody's getting married or in a relationship. And you got to get your rings before <laughs> you graduate. Wait for the best. Look for these character qualities. Look for a man that is doing these things. Move towards him. Put yourself in his way a little bit. But then you wait. And I want to say, I want to say this. She's not just saying, wait physically. She's not just saying, so wait for a great guy. Don't have sex. Save that. There's something so much deeper and richer that she's saying here. She's saying, wait with all of you for the very best. What does that look like? What, what does that mean? Girls in particular, if you're like me, and I think we're all this way, we have minds that will run a mile a minute. You're sitting on the bus, minding your own business, heading home after class. Oh, man, that cute guy gets on the bus. He's got his Aggie ring, so you know he's older, kind of mature, definitely stable, good things. Before we get off the bus, we have our whole lives planned out with him, right? We bump into each other as we get off the bus next time. And we realize that we're both wearing cowboy boots, so that probably means we both love to dance at Harry's. So he invites me to go. Turns out we're the best partners that ever lived. So we fall in love dancing in each other's arms, get married before we graduate. It's like this crazy two-month engagement. We're married the next month. We're just so in love. We have five kids, and we move to Houston. <laughs> then you get off the bus, and all of that was in your mind. But it feels so real, right? <laughs> It's dangerous, y'all. That is dangerous. Girls, we have got to learn to keep our minds in check. She's not just saying, hey, don't have sex. She's saying, hold off. Hold off the daydreaming. Hold off the fantasizing. Hold off for the best. Hold off for the best. And I want to I say this. Some of you might be sitting here thinking, I didn't. Too late, Sarah. Thanks for that great thing that you just said. But I didn't. And so, what do you have to say to me? I have something really good to say to you. Jesus Christ covers all. Because of his death and resurrection, he is able to cover every wrong, every mistake, every regret, every I wish I hadn't. Cover it. And not just cover it, and not just say, okay, well, now you're clean again. But what he's saying is, you are restored. What's been broken, what you messed up, what you didn't wait for, I can redo. And he does. He heals. 
He doesn't just glue back together. He makes it completely new again. And if you are sitting here saying, I, I wish that could be me, it can. Because God so loved you, he came after you. He came after you. He sent his son to die for you so that you could be restored to fellowship with the Lord. So if you're sitting here this morning and, and maybe you're like, I'm not really sure what she's talking about. I don't have a relationship with this God. Talk to your table host. Talk to someone on staff, Trey, myself. If you're sitting here thinking, I'd like to be restored. I don't know how to start or something terrible was done to me and I didn't have a choice. Please come talk to us as well. Nothing is outside of the realm of what he can restore and make new. Today, right now, I love that. Isn't that amazing about our God? It's just really amazing. I have a funny story to tell y'all. And this is a little bit more towards the guys. So next week, Trey is talking to the boys, to the men, about, I'm sorry, (laughs) to the men, y'all are men, about how to pursue well, how to pursue well. So I want to tell you a story about a time I felt confused and then pursued well. So 4th of July this year, I went to... um, George Bush Library, and they were having that big celebration, and they had the Brazos Symphony Orchestra out playing. I was with a group of friends, but I really wanted to be close up to where the orchestra was. I wanted to hear the cellos and stand nearby, so I had moved forward, and my friends were on a blanket somewhere else. I'm not really sure. And as I was standing there, you know, listening to the music, and in my own little world, I glance over, there's a very attractive man leaning against the wall, looking at me. I was like, (gasps) you know, like, what do I do? And my my first thought was like, run or something, you know. (laughs) But then, I'm not kidding, y'all. I thought, no, Sarah, walk towards the music. Like, smile back, which was terrifying beyond all, you know, all that I could comprehend. But I did it. I, like, looked back over. He was kind of like, you know, like a high smile. And I was like, you know, like, I know I blushed, you know, so bright red, but I was trying so hard. And anyway, the whole like hour and a half of this beautiful orchestra, I was totally distracted by this very attractive guy that kept looking over. And it was one of those things where we were both like, are you going to talk to me? You know what I mean? And you walk away and you're just like, I don't know what that was. And as I saw him walking away, like he kept, you know, looking over his shoulder and kind of like a hesitant walk away. And I was like, come Talk to me. I want you to talk to me. He didn't. And I was bummed. Guys, I was bummed. I wanted him to come talk to me. He was smiling. (laughs) He should have come talk to me. (laughs) I went on summer project, and I came home from summer project, and I was at Panera. So this was about two to three months later, sitting at Panera, talking with some friends. And I look up, and there he sits. And a total lock eye moment, you know, recognition moment. Like, oh my gosh, you're the guy and I'm the guy. You know, (laughs) would have been weird, stalkery weird, if the story didn't end the way it did. But I would have started being like, why are you everywhere? You know what I mean? Um, So we smile at each other again. I'm thinking, walk towards the music, walk towards the music, smile. You know, it's okay to show interest. Um, Leave walking out to my car. I'm almost to my Jeep, and I hear behind me, hey, wait, 
hold up, can you hold up? And I turn around and it's this guy. And I was like, yes, you know. <laughs> you know. And so he comes up to me and he says, hey, you're the girl from 4th of July. This is September, y'all. You're the girl from 4th of July. And I was like, yes, you're the guy. We smiled. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, he said to me, I wanted to meet you at the 4th of July. I just didn't, I didn't work up the courage. And I wasn't going to let you leave Panera again without me saying hi. And I was like, you just nailed it, buddy. <laughs> right? Same guy, totally different experience. Clearly interested, but oh, can't quite move out of that. I'm just going to look over and smile phase to, hey, no, I'm going to approach her, not with a proposal of marriage, but with a, hey, I, I want to meet you. And I move towards him. I'd like to meet you too. And this is a funny part. <laughs> And embarrassing, but I'm telling y'all. He um, asked, what's your name? And Sarah, and he told me his name. And then in the fluster, you know, it's flustering. A boy's asking for my number, and he's handsome and all these things. So I give him my number, and then he's like, do you remember my name? Why would he ask that? <laughs> no, I blanked. But for some reason, y'all, this is so embarrassing. The name that I locked in on wasn't normal. It wasn't like John or Paul. Rocky. <laughs> I said, Rocky. <laughs> so no, my name's Greg. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. He still, he still got my number and it was okay. <laughs> You're thinking, why am I telling you this story? Guys. As Trey's going to talk to you next week, here from a girl's perspective, let me tell you, be clear, be bold, come up to us, tell us what you're thinking. We may say no, or we may be like, huh, oh, Rocky, you know, <laughs> give it a try. And girls, girls, walk towards the music. A guy smiling, smile back. A guy with kind, good character that loves the Lord is getting out of class at three, be around. That's okay. That's okay. Relationship takes two people moving towards each other. Girls, you got to move. You don't chase them down, but you got to move. So we are going to split up now into our table time. I'd like to pray one more time as we discuss what the Lord's been teaching us this morning. Lord, thank you so much for this, this book of the Bible in which you lay out healthy relationships and dating and sex and what you intended for those things. Thank you for the principles that you teach us. Lord, I pray that we would use them. I pray that you would be glorified. I thank you for the opportunity to talk. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.